Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast, and I am chatting with Sophia Luson today, who is a lingerie designer that started her own brand and then decided that freelancing sounded like a little bit of a better path to go. And I'm super excited to share her story with you because I know so many people out there want to start their own brand, and I get it. I started my own brand too, and it can feel really inspiring and empowering and really cool to get to create something. And that is amazing, but the realities of having your own brand are very different than what the media portrays. Now, I talk about this all the time, and of course, I'm just one person, and you know, I had my story, but Sophia's story is so similar to mine, and I wanna share this conversation with you because it might just help you rethink your journey and maybe just let you know what you're in for. So Sophia started her lingerie brand. She's been running it for about five years now, and only in the fifth year, you guys, four years, she went without paying herself. Finally, in the fifth year, she started paying herself, and she tells us a little bit about that in the conversation. She started paying herself less than minimum wage after five years. That is how long it takes to actually make enough money to pay yourself. Um, and Sophia was just feeling like a little bit exhausted by this. Uh, it wasn't the lifestyle she wanted. She was up working really late into the night. She was doing everything. She was packing and shipping orders and doing customer service and doing all this stuff that she didn't really love. And she was limited on her travel because she you know, had to be around to pack and ship orders. And so she then discovered freelancing. She watched some of my free content and she said, I'm gonna pursue freelancing. So Sophia dove headfirst into freelancing and landed her first client within about seven to 10 days. She's been freelancing for about six months. She is making money. She is loving her new life. She stops working at 4.30 every day because she wants to. Um, she gets to travel to see her family and, and her friends whenever she wants. And and I know I'm painting what sounds like a super fantasy story here, but this is the reality of freelancing versus having your own brand. So Sophia is going to share her story. She's going to talk about how she kickstarted her freelance career, how she has grown, um, what she has done to find clients, all that sort of stuff. And I'm super excited to share this story with you. Now, full disclaimer, Sophia is one of the graduates of our Freelance Accelerator program, FAST and she has used all the strategies that we teach inside of there. But beyond that, she's gonna share some of the stuff um, that you can take away from this podcast episode and apply to your freelance career right now. So we're gonna dive into that. Before we get started, if you want to kickstart your freelance career or just check out you know, what some of the options might be out there, head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance. We will link that up below and you can grab all my best free resources. This includes templates and tutorials and step-by-step -step guidance on becoming a freelancer in the fashion industry. Again, soheidi.com slash freelance, we'll link it up below. And if you are curious to learn more about my premium program, Freelance Accelerator from Surviving to Thriving, I would love to share those details with you. You can get all the details on that at soheidi.com slash fast, F-A-S-T. Again, we'll link that up as well. And without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Sophia. All right. Welcome, Sophia, to the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. Um, you emailed your story to Tara, and she shared it with me, and I was like, oh my gosh, we have got to chat. So um, I know a little bit, but before you know, I say anything that I know, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everybody out there listening and let us know who you are and what you do in the fashion industry. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. 
So I'm a designer and pattern maker, and I specialize in lingerie and corsetry and some swimwear too. Yeah. And I have I started my own uh, brand around five-ish years ago, uh, but the last year I really focused on freelancing. Uh, around six months ago, I started like taking it seriously. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit about, okay, you have your own lingerie brand and what inspired you to pursue freelancing beyond that or in addition to that? Because like the pandemic, of course, (laughs) (laughs) you might have care of that, but, uh, also because I was feeling a bit overwhelmed with my brand because I was doing everything by myself and I was like, it was fun, but it was also too much. And I was um, at the point where maybe I should outsource something and make things like big or, but I also was very comfortable doing things in a small scale because like my brand was like my baby. So I wanted to like take care of my customers and be present and have that connection with them. And I realized that I didn't want to be like to hire somebody and to have stockies. Like I started having some stockies and I, I didn't like that because it was like making things. But I don't know, like I, I was losing that personal connection and also like I with the pandemic I realized that I needed a second source of income Ah. and I started freelancing yeah yeah can you would you be open to talking a little bit about the realities of of income when it comes to having your own brand and even I mean you said you were doing everything yourself so you were keeping your overhead low you weren't paying other people um, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what that was. I don't know. Are, were you are you cutting and sewing everything? You were. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, but talk a little bit about the realities behind the financial side of having your own brand. The realities are hard. <laughs> like after five years, I was starting to earn a salary. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, for the first two years, I, I wasn't paying myself because like everything I, I earned, I reinvested it into the business. Okay. And then, yeah, like for, I I wasn't making like, even if I was paying myself a salary, it it was uh, below the minimum wage. Okay. So like maybe I, I, I'm from Spain, but I'm living in Sweden. Okay. And maybe with the salary I was making, maybe I could be able to live in Spain, but in Sweden, like, no way. The okay. cost of living is way higher, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, but that was even only after, you said you've been doing it for five years, and only in the fifth year were you able to start taking some yeah. money out for yourself to just, yeah. like, live. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, it's, maybe I could have done that sooner, like maybe in the fourth year, but I was afraid that if I was taking for myself, then if I had to buy, like maybe my sewing machine broke, I didn't have like a something prepared in my, for my brand, yeah. like for that, those kind of like big things. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And so the pandemic hit and you were like, 
okay, maybe things need to change. You said in the last six months or so, you've been taking freelancing seriously. So just for perspective, it's April 2022. So it's been about two years since the pandemic. So can you talk a little bit about, um, I mean, what made you think that freelancing was was a, an opportunity or, or maybe a good supplemental source of income on the side of your, your brand, what sort of inspired you to, to take that leap into freelancing initially? Actually, your, that, that week that you made in August, I think, oh, yeah. that was like freelance the week. freelancing. Yeah. 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 Like that was the first, um, I don't know, the first moment that I actually like opened my eyes to the possibility of freelancing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I like I, I did all the like I watched all the trainings and videos that you did, and I listened to all the stories and I read some like blog posts and I listened to your podcast, and I thought like that it's a possibility. Yeah, <laughs> and I was really intrigued by yeah like doing the things that I enjoy doing most are designing and the patterns I like doing, but. I like doing that. It's not something that I want to do eight hours a day. Yeah, and that and and that was a possibility, like to do the things that I enjoy the most, but for other people and get paid for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of things I would love to to hear a little bit more about. First, is you said in freelancing you're getting to design and and do the, the things that you like to do in the fashion industry and of course you like sewing but it sounds like when you were running your own brand um, and I think you're still running it on the side is that correct okay so with your own brand um, tell us a little bit about like what is your day-to-day week-to-week month-to-month look like Um, because I I mean I know you're doing a lot of things you're not just designing there's a lot of other things that you have to do as a brand founder. Um, so tell us a little bit about what that role looks like. And then, you know, like you said, it sounds like you were interested in, in spending more time on other tasks. Um, so talk, talk us through that a little bit. So like for, for me, like maybe for other people that have brands, it's different. Yeah. But for me, like my day-to-day was a lot of answering emails, a lot of talking to suppliers, and a lot of sewing. Like I had eight hours a day of doing like most of the day wow and that was really tiring and a lot of stress too because like I was responsible for everything like for for arranging yeah like the suppliers like if the I, I was sending the packets too so I had to keep an eye on maybe the package is lost or maybe it arrives late and all that and really I designed uh, one or two collections a year so that means that I spend like maybe one or two weeks a year designing and <laughs> another one or two weeks a year making the patterns so, yeah yeah and then the rest of the year is like logistics and production yeah, yeah and the website and the social media and uh, bookkeeping and everything yeah. else yeah yeah and so you said that you weren't you you kind of decided you weren't really interested in in building a big team. You wanted to keep it small. Um, did you like look into opportunities to start outsourcing stuff so that you could spend maybe more time on design and this and the things that you were excited about? Or you know, where did you kind of come to the decision that 
you know, I'm going to keep it small. Was it just to keep it close to your chest and keep it really personal? Or did you, like, I'm kind of blabbering on here, but I guess, did you look into um, outsourcing some of the tasks? I looked into that, but uh, as I was living in Sweden, uh, Sweden is not big. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there wasn't, like, many people I could find that uh, specialized in lingerie. Yeah. Like, for the, so, like Sweden for me was, it takes, it took 90% of my time. Okay, the actual want, sewing. So yeah. I wanted someone to help me with that, and I couldn't find it. Okay. Not in Sweden. Like, maybe I could have hired, I don't know, like a factory, but that's a big investment, and I didn't want to do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so you start thinking about freelancing, you come to Freelance Week. Um, what did you do next? <laughs> Upwork. <laughs> Upwork. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about I that. Did. So I like actually the same week we did the freelance week. Yeah. I had an interview with um with a lingerie company in Sweden. Yeah. And and I had to make a portfolio like super super quick. Yeah. And and they they ended up not hiring me, but now I'm working for them as a freelance. Oh, it was a full-time <laughs> job interview. Yeah. Okay. And so how did you turn, like you said they didn't hire you, but now you ended up freelancing for them. How did you create that opportunity? So I did I did that portfolio for them. Yeah. And then I upload the, that same portfolio, like super, super quick, to a Upwork. Okay. And I started getting some opportunities uh, from Upwork. Okay. And then I... I think it was like two months ago I created a website for myself. Okay. Like for my freelance work. Yeah. And they found me through my website. <laughs> Just randomly. And the, the the woman that I had spoken with in the interview, like she she liked me, but they they ended up not hiring anyone. Like okay. And she like look at my website and say, oh like. It was that girl we did the interview, but oh, we ended yeah. up. yeah. Yeah, and she, like, told me if I was still interested in working for them, but as a freelance, because they they needed a designer and a pattern maker, but they didn't hire a designer. They hired an intern in the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they still needed a pattern maker. Yeah. So I ended up, like, doing the pattern for them. Okay, yeah. okay. Um. And then something that I, I we haven't touched on, but I remember from the email you originally sent to Tara, correct me if I'm wrong, you did not go to fashion school. You have no formal training, right? I did. Like, in the at first, I didn't okay. go to fashion school. I, I uh, did history of art okay. and a master's in history of art okay. and a PhD. <laughs> I was doing a PhD. A PhD? Wow, okay. And then I... Quit the PhD and started sewing. <laughs> okay. And how did you learn everything that you know about design and pattern making? So internet and YouTube. Okay. And then when I was sure that I wanted to like do it like for a living, yeah. that's when I quit my PhD and did a, it's called a vocational course in Vo- pattern making. Okay. Vocational, yeah, like, is that what you said? Yes, I think vocational. Okay, course. vocational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have the same thing here. Okay, so you did a vocational course on pattern making. 
And other than sort of self-directed learning on the internet and YouTube, is that your only like formal, formal training? Yeah. Okay. And then you obviously learned a lot through doing your own brand um, and refined your skills that way. And then you put together a portfolio really quickly. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, you obviously had all of the work that you had done with your own brand, um, but it sounds like you put together maybe some different stuff for your portfolio. Tell us a little bit about that process. So I used, uh, I like for my own brand, I don't do tech packs because I'm the one that yeah. I like. <laughs> right, I'm right, right. Okay, right, right. <laughs> so I invented some tech packs with the designs that I have. Like okay. I created them. Okay. And then I used some, like uh, with the vocational course, I like they told us how to do It's not a tech pack really, but it was similar. Okay. With address and something like that. So I used that information to create like some like fake projects. Yeah. <laughs> with some like school projects mixed with what I have been doing for my brand. Yeah. And like it, it everything was fake. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just all self-directed based off of new projects or stuff that you already had from your collection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I always advise people to do, but for some reason people get really nervous. Like, can I do self-directed projects? Can I have, you know, fake projects in my portfolio? And you can, you just need to show that you, you just need to put forth and show that you have those specific skills. Um, okay. So you got the client that you had originally interviewed for. They came back and hired you as a freelancer. You said they found your website. Do you know how they found it? Did they just Google like lingerie designer Sweden or something? I have no idea. You have no idea. Okay. (laughs) But they found you, and so you're working with them on a freelance basis. And then what happened with Upwork? Uh, Like, for me, it has been working quite well, actually, because I had no real experience with brands. So for me, that was, like, I did an internship, and that was my only real experience. But apart from that and and it wasn't an internship on a for a lingerie uh, brand oh, okay. like it was unrelated okay but still so, fashion design and pattern making yes. still how did you get yes. that opportunity through the vocational course like one of the oh. one of the teachers yeah okay. one of the teachers like recommended me okay yeah. gotcha okay so yeah. you did that internship but it wasn't lingerie mm-hmm. so now you're on upwork so keep talking a little bit about that so yeah, like I like for me, Upwork has been great for like building my confidence in myself. Yeah. <laughs> because like at first I like I realized there are a lot of like shitty offers and like people <laughs> like there's a lot of junk garbage. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But I didn't want to start with like ten dollars an hour, so I put a pretty high price. Like I think I put sixty dollars an hour. Okay. So that way, like, everyone that didn't want to pay, like, they didn't, like, send requests and everything. Yeah, you filtered um, out the, the yeah. cheap junk brands, yeah. Yeah, and I make sure to only send, like, proposals to people that I, like, I had the feeling that they were serious, and I I made, like, a sample proposal, and then I customized for everyone. Okay. Like, I, yeah, and I, I made sure to be, like, 
if they say, I, I want something to help me with a plus size thing where brand, like I started with, hi, I love to help you with that because I think inclusivity is so important, like yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that it seems like I have written it for them. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> and at first, it, I, I think it was great for that because I didn't have anything to put on my portfolio apart from my invented stuff. Your invented stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and it made me like more confident in uh, speaking to customers and, and yeah, knowing what are their real problems and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think Avor is great to start with. Yeah. Now I... I want to get out of it because they still take 20%. Of How everything. much? 20%? Yeah. Is 20? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that high. Wow. It changes once you have charged more than $500 for a client. Okay. Then they take only 10%. Okay, when the total project price passes 500, it goes down to 10. Yeah. It's still really high. Yeah. Okay, so, but it helps you get started. It helps you build that confidence. Um, it helps you create projects that now perhaps you can share in your portfolio, like yeah. real projects, which, you know, fake projects are can be just as good to get started as well. Obviously, it worked for you. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, and I also yeah. it also helped me to get reviews from people. Yeah. That now I can use on my website. Yes, yeah. totally. Okay. So, um, I mean, what did you feel like getting those first few projects on Upwork? How did you feel? Because you're going into it, you have zero ratings. It sh- like Upwork shows you have zero ratings. You've earned zero dollars. Like you are brand new, and I think that that can feel like a really intimidating place to be I know a lot of people I've heard from them they're like well I can't how am I supposed to do anything when these other people have got all these reviews and stuff but obviously somebody started somewhere everybody started at zero and you started at zero recently um you know I mean maybe it was one thing if you started at zero 10 years ago when it was less competitive but you started at zero recently so you know how did you feel it how did you feel about the process of getting those first few clients when you were starting at zero? About the process, like how it made me feel? I mean, I want to know both. I want to know like how it made you feel starting when you knew that like your profile was like zero. And then also like, what was it actually like? Like how many proposals did you have to send Mm. out? How many, you know, conversations did you have to have before you found that first brand that was willing to let's be honest take a risk on you since you didn't have any reviews so emotionally and also logistically emotionally I was terrified because <laughs> okay. it was, yeah like I, I didn't know if, I, I, I didn't know even if my tech packs were going to be like understandable by a factory like yeah. I, I thought they were because like I, I watched your course yeah I, I have been doing some research but you never know until, <laughs> yeah. So I was terrified because my first project was to make five tech pads for a lingerie brand. Okay. Um, and it went, it went great. And I think I got it after a week or 10 days. Of what? 
You set up your profile and you had your first project within seven to 10 days, starting at a zero, zero dollars, zero reviews. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. Did you pitch to them or did they come to you? Do you remember? I pitched to them. You saw the job posting and you pitched to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it sounds like you used a lot of the strategies that you learned inside of Freelance Accelerator as far as customizing the pitch and making them feel really good and then getting on a conversation and asking them about, you know, their process and their challenges and making them feel really heard. It sounds like that, I mean, in conjunction with having your portfolio with your self-directed tech packs, um, did you go through design to development, my course? Yes. Okay. And so that's how you learned. Um, so it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of different variables, but it sounds like all of those contributed to your first project doing five tech packs at $60 yeah. an hour. I mean... No, that one was a oh. project price. It was a flat rate price. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was five tech packs for $600 in total. Okay. So it's way below. A little bit on the low side. <laughs> yeah. But you got started. So in your first 10 days, you land a $600 project. You do that. Did you get a review from them? Yeah, yeah. She was, like, super happy. <laughs> yeah. And so then what happened? What, when did you get your next project? Uh, while I was working on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And, is, again, was that something that you applied to? Yes. Okay. Like, and s- from them, I, like, I, I've never been without a project. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So you must have built up a pretty good profile on Upwork by now. Yeah. Okay. So did you actually start this, uh, let's see, a year and a half, two years ago? Or you said you've gotten more serious the last six months. When was all of this happening? Uh, October. Of last like, year? Yes. Okay. So what's of that? Of last year, yes. Eight uh, months. Yeah. Six yeah. months, six or eight months. Okay. November, December. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so now you've been freelancing for six months. How does it feel? Uh, very good. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like I now feel that, like I'm more in control because I, I don't have that feeling with, with my brand. Maybe I wake up one morning, I have, three orders and then the next week I have zero Ah. and it's very I don't know like I I have to be always ready for whatever happens yeah but uh with freelancing I can like schedule things and if I have a like I still have very busy weeks but I can like speak to the customer and say oh yeah like uh, my timeline is whatever like I I'm more in control of my workload. Yeah. I can I don't have to be working all the time. I, yeah. I can be with my boyfriend. Yeah. So yeah, I, for me it's like freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And then how does it feel or how is it different from a financial perspective from having your own brand? Oh, it's much better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh with my brand, I, I didn't pay me, like I didn't pay myself until a year ago. So yeah. with freelancing, I don't have to worry to save 
because of, I don't know, I have to buy a lot of supplies at once and, or everything. Like, I can, I know what I, what I spend, like uh, the Illustrator subscription and, and I save, like, for unexpected stuff, but the rest of the money is, is for me. Yeah. Like, for, like I, I never had that feeling. <laughs> yeah, like a really yeah. nice paycheck now. Yeah. Yeah. What other software do you pay for? How do you do your pattern drafting? Clove. Clove. Clove 3D, yeah. Okay, and so that subscription is fairly reasonable. Yeah, and actually I have a discount because I teach in a school. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I got this hair the the bright. Okay, so Chloe, <laughs> do you do any 3D stuff? I, like, for lingerie, I'm not sure it's, like, the technology is quite there yet. Okay. I think it's interesting, but yeah. technology, like, the, the, the Chloe 3D technology, uh it's based on the avatar, and you cannot customize the avatar, like, uh, of the breast measurements and everything. Okay. So maybe for a general view, like, you can see the style lines and everything. For, like, a dress but, or something, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, like, I've seen that uh, Albanon, the, the dress from brand, like, the super, like, fancy dress from brand, whatever. Yeah. They have, like, digitalized or 3D eyes their dress forms and now you can import them to Clove, but you have to pay a, subscri- a su- subscription that is quite pricey. Okay. So I haven't tried them. So okay. they are supposed to be like with the correct measurement. So I don't know if for lingerie is quite useful aside from, yeah, like seeing if the, it's, it looks nice. Yeah. But for pattern making, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're doing pattern making in Clove. Uh, design and illustrator, and then what are you doing your tech packs in? Excel? Excel. Okay, yeah. so you pay for that too. Okay, and then that's your overhead, that's software, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then talk a little bit about the workload of, you know, the type of work you're getting to do as a freelancer versus the type of work you got to do as a brand owner, right? I mean, you just said 90% of your time was sewing. But even if you had outsourced to a factory or you had found another sewer, I mean, it sounds like a lot of your time was spent doing logistics, like you said, email yeah. and customer service and packing and shipping orders and managing the website and inventory and all of these other things. And I imagine promotion, right? Yeah. Um, Versus a couple weeks a year designing and a couple weeks a year doing pattern making, which is the work that you really love. Yeah. Contrast that to how is your time spent in the freelance work? I think it's much more like for me, I find it more interesting. Like I, I get to work with different clients. I get to do what I like. That yeah. is like being an illustrator doing stuff. Yeah. And I'm close with it. And also like, I have uh, two clients right now that they are like I have been doing work for them and now they are paying me like to for consulting. Oh, and, like they're paying me to think. I I'm amazed by that. They're paying you to <laughs> think. Yeah. Yeah. Why does that amaze you? I don't know because I I didn't think I could help people like what I what I like the conclusions I arrived to like for them they seem like super oh I haven't thought about that oh like that is I don't know like so 
clever or so whatever. Yeah. But for me, it's just logic. So like, obvious. What, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe because I've been with my brand for a long time and yeah. I have started like from zero to. But for them, it's like, oh, that, oh, I haven't thought that. Oh, like, that's so new. Oh, that. And I didn't realize that what I have learned had value. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because so many people, um, I think myself included, I think everybody is like, oh, that's just common knowledge. It's not really that valuable. But the thing is that that is a skill, that is a piece of knowledge that, Seems really obvious to you because you've been doing it for a while um, and you're you're really, you know, you're kind of up to your knees in this stuff. Whereas somebody who's maybe new to the industry or new to having their own brand, um, it's really, really valuable to them. And I think that people can get really uncomfortable with the idea. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but sort of uncomfortable with the idea that, oh, this I'm going to get paid to get on a phone call for an hour versus you're not actually like creating a physical thing and like delivering a physical thing. But that hour conversation, that consulting can be so valuable to the other person. Um, how did you start getting into that? It's a, it sounds like some of your existing clients just kind of started saying, hey, let's do some consulting yeah. or what did, what did that actually look like? Yeah, it's for for people that I made like designs or tech packs for. Yeah, like then they like they they like me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they like propose to like to keep the contract for hourly consulting. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. just pay you at an hourly rate to give them advice, to get on a phone, yeah. to tell them what to do, to talk. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Um, and like you said, they're paying you to think, which, like you said, just felt so weird to you. Is it starting to feel a little bit more normal? Like, are you starting to see the value in that in that offer? Yeah, now maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're still on Upwork with your clients. Have you taken any of your clients off of Upwork to work directly and, and to alleviate that fee? I have one of them like she found me at the same time through Instagram and Upwork okay uh, because like you are not supposed to like tell an Upwork client like hey I can work I know yeah Yeah. like if Upwork knows about that they shut you down yeah but I have one that she she found me both ways okay so it's not technically stealing from Upwork because she did find you on Instagram also okay yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, and I like I now I I want to find more outside Apple, right? Because of the twenty percent fee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, what's your plan to do that? I start pitching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's also terrifying, but yeah, I I have to. So yeah. Why do you feel so terrified about that? Because I think in Apple it's much more easier because they have their offer. Like they, they are looking for someone already and they, they tell you like I'm looking for someone that makes tech packs for whatever. Yeah. Um like sending an email like a cold piece to a brand. I don't know, like I'm a very introverted introverted person, so for me that's a huge step. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I think the worst part is what if they reply? <laughs> Uh, you're not the first person I've heard that from. 
I've heard that exact line before of like, I'm actually terrified if they reply and say, yes, let's talk. That almost, that feels scarier than it going into a black hole. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know, because I still think that maybe with Upwork, uh, the people there are not so, like, serious. They are, like, starting their own brand. They are a startup, most of them. Okay. So if I, I don't know, like, I feel safer, but with a already existing brand, it's like, but maybe they already know everything. Maybe they have their own system. Maybe they look at my tech bags and see, like, what is this shit? So <laughs> I feel more, I don't know, like intimidated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, you're going to go out there and you're going to pitch and you're going to learn firsthand, but I will just tell you that just because they're an established brand does not mean they have it figured out. I have seen some hot messes inside of brands. I mean, tech packs that I'm like, this is a tech pack? Like it's a sketch with some lines, some arrows pointing at it. Um you know, not everybody has everything figured out. And aside from that, you know, they might have their own system that works great, but sometimes they still just need extra help to get the work done. Like there's, you know, only so many people and so many hours in the day, and they might just need someone to actually do the work, um, even if they do have a system or, you know, the knowledge that works for them. They still can just need the support. So I know there's a big need for you out there, and, and I'm excited to hear how the pitching goes. I'm sure it's going to go great for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it will. It will for sure. I would love to know, can you tell us a little bit about what is a day like as a freelance lingerie designer and pattern maker? I want to know a little bit about your average day. Paint us the picture. What, where does it start? What do you do throughout the day? What does your average day look like? So I like I'm a fan of Google Calendar, so I have all my <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. So usually I start with like answering emails and everything because like most of my I, of my clients are from the US, so they write while while I sleep. Okay. <laughs> so like I answer uh, all the emails like in half an hour, an hour uh, each morning. Then I work on whatever project I have. And on the afternoon, I usually, I have like an hour to like see what's new in Upwork yeah. and maybe like try to write some pictures yeah. for brands and uh, maybe work on my website too, because the website is a bit of a work in progress, but I'm not too, like, I, I, I don't really care, like the basics are there, but but sometimes I like fix some links and some stuff. Yeah. And then I usually work on a, a different project. Like I don't like to work on the same thing on the morning and the afternoon because then I like get bored. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I really enjoy having different clients and, and yeah. like working in different projects. So yeah. yeah. And then like at half past four, I stop working. Like for yeah. me, that what are you doing? <laughs> but like, I don't need to work more. Yeah. And yeah. For me, that's because then when I had my brand, like I had to like finish the the, the bra or the lingerie set that I like, I had to finish, and, and I maybe sewing until seven p.m. or something like that. Yeah. But now, like I like 
I communicate with my clients, like my schedule and everything. So I don't have that. I have to work until I, I don't know, until I go to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that something about freelancing that you have experienced has been this feeling of freedom. Um, I imagine it's part of it is this scheduling freedom, right? Like you said, I can work on a different project in the morning and a different project in the afternoon, and I can stop at 4.30. Yeah. Yeah. What are some and answer some more emails, too. Yeah. And answer some more emails, too. Of yeah. course. Of course. There's always email. No matter what type of yeah. work you're doing, there's always going to be email and correspondence. Um, what are some of the other things that you like about the freelancing lifestyle? I like, like, now, right now I'm, I'm in Spain visiting my parents. Oh, okay, you're and in Spain right now, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't have to, like, before, maybe if I, the day I, I went, I got out an order. Like, I was going to be, like, the whole week I'm away, I was going to be, like, like making math in my brain. Like if I arrive uh, next week, maybe I can make it in a day and ship it the next day, oh. so it doesn't get too delayed and everything. Yeah. And now, like I, I told my clients, like this week I will be away. I can answer some emails, but I'm not going to be like fully operational. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't have that pressure of yeah, like. It's that, it's freedom. It's yeah. uh, being able to visit my family or take a day off or yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Sophia, you, um, you're amazing. I mean, you've done so many great things. And, like, you did this without fashion school training. You figured it out online. You built your own brand, which is a feat in itself. I know you know now, right? And then you thought, okay, this is kind of barely not totally working for me. Maybe there's something else that can afford me a, a different, arguably better lifestyle and fulfill you by getting to do the work that you actually love and get you making more money. I mean, there's so many wins to this story. I love it so much. Um, what do you have planned for the future? I want to, like, pitch to some brands and, like, yeah. do, like, maybe – I, even if it terrifies me, I would love to work with an established brand and actually see the product like that I helped create okay. on a store and everything. Like now that I'm working with this uh, Swedish brand, I'm super excited because yeah. next season I'm going to see things made with my pattern. The stuff that you did, and, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to do that <laughs> more. Yeah. <laughs> because right now, like, with all these startups, like, maybe they will launch, I don't know, in the summer, or maybe they don't even launch. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm very excited about some of them because they are doing, like, super exciting stuff about, like, um, gender neutral. And cool. there's one brand that's doing underwear for trans people. Cool. And yeah. I'm very passionate about all of that and yeah. like uh, sustainability but it's like yeah they will come someday yeah <laughs> I, I I don't see what I'm doing the like, finished product yeah yeah <laughs> but how cool is it that you're getting the opportunity to work on all of these really amazing projects by these people who are creating you know 
pretty exciting product, pretty exciting garments, right? That's really, really cool to have the diversity in the exposure of like what you're doing and the people that you're getting to meet and, and the designs that you're getting to get your hands on. That seems really neat. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Um, Sophia, I'd love to ask you a question that I ask everybody at the end of the interview, and that is, what is one thing people never ask you about being a fashion freelancer that you wish they would? Mm, oh, <laughs> that I wish they would, like, because it's something that is bad and nobody imagines or because something it's something that is so good that nobody imagines. <laughs> I mean, however you want to answer it. Um, I wish they asked more about, like, not as like consider it like seriously because my parents don't understand. Like ah. they they want me to be employed in a okay. company. Okay. And have, and I wish people understood that. Freelancing, it's a job. Yeah, it is <laughs> a job. Like, yeah, like it's not that I'm passing the time while I'm waiting that somebody hires me. Like yeah. I, I like doing this. I like, I like working for different people and yeah, yeah and, and having to, I don't know, yeah, like like helping all kinds of companies and it's not because I cannot find anything else. It's because I like doing this. Yeah. Why do you think your parents see it as like, oh, you're just passing the time until you hopefully, air quote, hopefully get like, air quote again, a real job? I think because their mentality, maybe they are more traditional or like in their generation, everyone like went to school, to university, got a job and they pretty much stayed in that job yeah. and bought a house. And had children yeah. <laughs> and retired. Yeah. But in our generation, like it's way more difficult. And <laughs> we cannot buy a house at the age that they bought a house. Yeah. So this kind of jobs like freelancing for them, they weren't an option. I don't even think in Spain that existed. Yeah. <laughs> I I think they were freelancers, but I don't know if they really could earn a living. So maybe for them is yeah, like what is she doing? She doesn't have stability. Yeah. And yeah, but right now you don't have stability even if you work in a company. Like yeah. during COVID, a lot of companies closed and you were left with nothing. So yeah, at least now I'm having fun. <laughs> Yeah, and you have multiple mm -hmm. clients, so of course you can lose some and yeah. keep some others. And in my opinion, it's a lot easier to find new clients than it is to find a whole new job. Yeah, and also because in a job you tend to specialize in something, yeah. and then if the company closes and the other companies don't need anyone that is specialized in that thing, yeah. you don't know what to do. Yeah. But now I, I specialize in lingerie, but... I can work with a um, variety of brands. Yeah. So I can do a lot of things. Like I can do tech packs, I can do designs, I can do designs for like a specific niche. But it's like, for me, it would I think it would be easier. Yeah, like if I suddenly lost all my 
clients now tomorrow yeah i think it would be easier to start building them up again than if i were employed and suddenly i was fired yeah like yeah i agree i totally agree and you know when the pandemic hit we saw a lot of um a lot of people around the world obviously in various jobs lost their employment um a fashion industry was hit specifically hard and all the freelancers inside of Freelance Accelerator, um, not all of them, but a lot of them, I know, saw an initial dip in work. Of course, things went down, projects got canceled, and then they they slowly, but pretty quickly within the next couple of months, picked right back up. And people looking for jobs were not finding new success that quickly. So, um, yeah, I think that it's more stable, but that's up for debate. And for some people, a full-time job is a really good fit, so... Amazing, Sophia. Um, where can everybody connect with you? I know you have your website. You've got your Instagram. Um, what's the best way for people to see all the amazing work you're doing, to reach out to you, maybe if they need some help with their lingerie brand or just to say hi? Uh, my website, probably. Yeah. yeah. My web- yeah. And, and Instagram. I'm pretty <laughs> present on both. So, yeah. 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 What, is, uh, what's, my, what are the my handles? My website yeah. is uh, atelier.com. Uh, Sophia, um, what's that? Dash. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Luzon.com. Okay. And we'll link all this uh, in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Please. Yeah. <laughs> and the Instagram is Sophia Luzon Dash Atelier. Okay. So, gotcha. Okay. Perfect. We'll yeah. link all that but in the show notes. I'm like even with just my name, like uh, Sophia Luzon, it's my my brand website. Okay. So you can, yeah. Okay, so, Sophia <laughs> Yeah. Okay, perfect. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was really, really exciting to hear your story. And um, I hope everybody out there listening found it really inspiring. I'm sure that they will. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Like, I was super excited to meet you, Heidi. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Sophia and tuning in to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and follow on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're tuning in. And I would also like to give a big shout out and thank you to my two right-hand people behind the scenes who make the show possible. That is my husband, Mark, who does all the tech and the editing, as well as my right-hand kick-ass unicorn of everything, Tara. Um, Just so much to make the show possible. So thank you so much. And again, thank you to you for watching the show would not be here if it were not for you so I really appreciate your time I hope you're having an awesome day whatever it is you are doing and again if you want to get more information on becoming a fashion freelancer you can grab all my best stuff for free my freelance success pack by heading over to soheidi.com slash freelance we will link that up below as well as you can check out all the details on becoming a part of our freelance accelerator program that is the program that Sophia is in, and that is what she used to kickstart her freelance career. If you need more guidance than what the free tutorials and templates offer to you, then I would love to have you inside a freelance accelerator. You can check that out at soheidi.com slash fast, F-A-S-T. And again, we'll link that up below. Um, and if you enjoy what you hear, then definitely give us a follow on uh, Apple Podcasts or subscribe here on YouTube, wherever you are listening. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.